Hello, and welcome to the first edition of Significant, uh, presented by our team at Alias Can. Uh, I want to welcome you and let you know that at its inception, Significant had a different home. It lived on our, our website at aliascan.com. And it was a, a forum for people to communicate with us and share their stories about the significant impact that cannabis had made in their lives. Uh, and we got a lot of interesting content and we figured it's, it's too good to leave there. So now we have this platform and we wanted to open it up and we wanted to bring you in and we wanted to share stories. So in that spirit, uh, it's only fitting that today we talk to the creator of significance, someone that was there at the Genesis. Uh, Francesca, welcome. Thanks for being on the first one. Oh, thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited to bring it to this platform and to share stories with everybody to destigmatize cannabis and its use. Absolutely. And we figured, you know, th this particular platform, we can bring so many people in. It's actually, it's yes. just, it's just ideal. So converting this over was a wonderful idea uh, that our, our co-founders had here. So if you had to, if you were in charge of sharing the origin story of Significant, I kind of just brushed past it. Uh, tell us how this came to be. Significant came to be when Mike and I created Alias Can. So when Alias Can was really just a concept before it was a business, we talked about what was important for our business. And one of the things that was most important to both of us really was a social justice element in the business. We didn't want to look at cannabis as a place where we were showing up to take. We wanted to show up to give. So significant was a way to do that. And at the time, really, which was not that long ago, but feels like forever ago, cannabis use was incredibly stigmatized, more mm -hmm. than it is now. And um, if you used it, either medicinally or recreationally, it wasn't really differentiated. And it, you were known as a stoner and assumptions were made about who you are, how you operate in the world, what you look like, your values and your intelligence and your morality. And yeah. we want to dispel all of it because it's all crap. It's all not <laughs> true. Yeah. So Significant was really born as like, this is a voice or a platform for people to have a voice um, that use cannabis and can show that it's not the boogeyman that you can operate fully functional in the uh, in the world with it. So that's what significant was, and that's how we came up with it. Well, you bring up something funny because uh, you're a dare kid, am I right? Was that program <laughs> uh, prolific in school when you it were in school? It very much was, yes. And every time dare had something to share with us, whether it was a terrible comic book that somebody produced – the, the drug dealer was always in a trench coat. He was usually mm -hmm. mid-40s. Um, and then the people that were using cannabis, the, I mean, all sorts of, you just you know, group in all the terrible activities. These are going to smoke and then we're going to go lay on train tracks or something. <laughs> and then when we, when we get older and we learn, oh, Paul McCartney, big cannabis user. I think he had some success in this life. You, you learn a little bit more about the reality of cannabis. And it's, uh, I'm, I'm just so grateful that you decided to bring this uh, to this platform. Yeah, so, we got to dispel those myths. You're, nobody's, that I know of, please contact me if I'm wrong, is giving away their <laughs> cannabis. <laughs> That's so. always my favorite, right? At every Halloween, watch out for those candies. People put 
pot. Yeah, I know everybody I know likes to give away their uh, their Their hard-earned edibles. Right, right. (laughs) If we get into your uh, cannabis origin story, now I have some. I have some research that I had some people do. Now you're from Mobile, Alabama. Is that correct? (laughs) Incorrect. Stuff's worthless. Um, As far as how you came to the plant, the culture, uh, could you take us into that a little bit? Sure. I was a very late bloomer with cannabis. I didn't get, we were married. So (gasps) when was that? Why wasn't I told? (laughs) In fact, the very first time uh, that I ever smoked, we were, I think it was in my mid twenties or so. And, um, wanted to mark the occasion because I knew it was special. And so I went and um, put on my wedding dress and came out into the living room. You, me, and two of our friends had a nice little smoke session. It was fabulous. You know, I Uh, think we have a clip. Can we roll that clip now? (laughs) Please no. Somewhere it exists. So really it was, it was an introduction into a, um, the use of it in a very safe way. You know, I was with people I loved that I trusted. I knew there was nothing that was going to go wrong. And and even though I could know that intellectually, diving into it for the first time, I needed to feel that emotionally, that kind of safe space. And I did, Uh and I loved it. Um, So I came to cannabis not, you know, initially just to try it, to see what it even was. Mm -hmm. Once I got a handle on how I felt when I smoked, I realized that it opened things up for me that weren't previously there in the sense of I struggle with anxiety pretty, pretty severely, I guess is Uh the best way to describe it. Um, And it manifests itself in a shortness of breath. So if I'm anxious, I can't take a deep breath. And it's a very, (laughs) not being able to breathe right, causes anxiety. So it's very much a loop with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was put on anti-anxiety meds and they were fine. But I also thought, is this the only way? And it turns out it wasn't because whenever I smoked, it really helped take away any kind of anxiety. And so suddenly I wasn't looking at smoking as just recreational. I was also doing it medicinally. Um, So that's kind of how I started with it as recreational. And then it transitioned for me into medical. That's an important transition. It's kind of like putting the the big girl pants on of of cannabis use in a way. But I want to, I want to go back to something you, you brought up because I do, as you know, I'll do a lot of phone consultations with people, uh, whether it's about, you know, CBD use and they'll come and say, you know, I have terrible anxiety. I have crippling anxiety. And that's where I can, most of the time I can, I can really offer some personal experience because I have that as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to ask you about your experience with anti-anxiety medication because they do a lot of good for a lot of people. So I don't want to discount that uh, at all. But what was it about the anti-anxiety uh, meds that just wasn't for you? We don't have to badmouth anything in particular. Not at all. There is no shame in how you get your brain chemicals, whether that's organically or store-bought. It does not matter. You, mm-hmm. you need to be well-balanced mentally, and that can come in a number of different ways. For me personally, I prefer to 
get it through my grass than through my pills. Um, and the reason is that the anti-anxiety meds were okay. They were fine, but they also felt like a little bit of a slippery slope because I was on Xanax and I felt like it was, it could, if I let it get out of control or it could make me more of a zombie or less of me than I want it to be. Whereas with cannabis, I felt more like me than I, than I did on prescription drugs. And also the, with the pills, it was prescribed for me the amounts that I had to take to achieve a certain level. With smoking, I could control how much I needed. So different anxiety levels called for different levels of medicine. And so 10 milligrams of one thing might be fine one day and too much the next day and not enough the next day. And obviously I'm, you know, speaking generally here, but, um, but with weed, it was like, I could smoke a little, I could smoke a lot. I could decide how I wanted to feel. And I was in control of that. That was a big thing for me because I, I've come to discover late in life that I'm also a little bit of a control freak. So. More on that in another significant episode. That might be my significant episode. There is something there that I I wanted to, I didn't want to abandon too quickly because I think it relates to a lot of people. So it's worth uh, discussing a little bit further. I think that it's such an important uh, idea to address in order to destigmatize this plant. Something you just said about, you know, the effects of some of the anti-anxiety medications. And I know that with, with me in particular, there was, you, you use the term slippery, slippery slope and, and rightfully so as well said, there was something about, you know, um, something about Xanax that I thought was dangerous that I thought yeah. could become, that could become something else. And that, that feeling where with me, it was complete checkout. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and that is not a comfortable to, to go from having your hands on the controls to, to just totally checked out. That was not something I was comfortable with. It was something I identified right away. And I've talked to a lot of people in the cannabis community that say the same damn thing. And isn't that the, the complete opposite? Of what we were told in the dare uh, courses, right? Uh, totally, somebody- <laughs> totally. Because we weren't, we really weren't warned about opiates, and we weren't warned about the dangers of prescription drugs. Because if it was prescribed by a doctor, then it's medicinal it's be and good it's good for safe. you. It's going to be good. It's helping. <laughs> it's healing. And if it's given to you by the guy in the trench coat, then that's dangerous, and you don't know what's in it. I know what's in my cannabis better than I know what's in the pharmaceutical drugs. I can certainly um, trust better my source for my cannabis. And that, that helps. I think the checking out feeling is definitely something that I identified would happen depending on how much I took or, or what I needed. Um, and it also just felt like this there are side effects to prescription pills. Like people die from these pills if they misuse them. I didn't want that. There's been exactly zero deaths due to 
straight cannabis use. We don't have cannabinoid receptors in our brain stems and our brain stems are what controls our heartbeat and our breathing. So no amount of cannabis can ever shut down your breathing and your heartbeat. The same cannot be said for opioids. So to me, once I understood that difference, it was easy to trust myself to transition. So I'm going to use your transition right here. If you were talking about opioids and talking about prescription uh, pills, did you have a, a feeling of like once you started to kind of, you know, this is, this is who I am, this is part of my life now. I've heard from other people, I'll, I'll share something with you. When we were at a uh, trade show in Las Vegas, the MJ Biz uh, trade show, it, it's a humongous uh, event, lovely event. I met a, a nurse who was in her 50s and it was like her second life is her second. I don't know. I forget how she described it, but it was she was like, I am now a cannabis advocate. I, I retired from you know what I was doing and this is what I do now. But she told me something. She was like, it just felt like I had found my people. It wasn't just using something. I, I was welcomed into a community. Did you have a similar kind of experience? Absolutely. And especially as a female, um, as a oh, woman, because very. I feel like there was this really strong presence of women early on in the industry where um, we were owners and CEOs and seats at the table and all of that, more so than most, if not all other industries. Now that has changed, unfortunately, sure. but there was this stronghold, I think, of any females that or women that I came into contact with that were fellow cannabis users. And it was just this welcoming community where you could learn and you could share and you could adjust. Um, you know, I met a, a woman that on Instagram, just through Instagram, and she was running a cannabis women and insomnia event at her house in San Diego. And those three words were absolute triggers for me. I was like, check, check, check. So, um, <laughs> I flew to San Diego and attended her session at home, and she has been a wealth of knowledge and a major connector to other women in the community. And it's just so heartening. Whereas prescription drug use and anti-anxiety, there's all this, there's also stigma around that and mental health in general. And so with cannabis, it's much more of a cultural thing. So you can you can dive in and own it and share it and love it. You know, it's great. I'm, I'm thinking of, of a, a similar experience. Uh, and again, it's just demystifying and, and just, just revealing the truth around this community. I remember the, uh, a friend of mine that grows. And uh, the first time I was, I was trying his, uh, his material, I remember saying, wow, this is, this is different. This is, he's like, well, the terpene profile is different here. This guy started to blow my mind with the amount of education. He's like, so the next time you want to make sure that you look for this terp profile or if you can, people want to share their knowledge. They yes. want to share their experience. It, it's just an incredible community. So I'm, I'm really, I don't know, I'm glad that you could share that with, with people that are listening. And it takes more experimenting than, um, than you might think. You know, some mm -hmm. people, my dad is one actually, he will, he's smoked once or he's had an edible once or twice and been like, Nope. I get paranoid. I'm not into it. I'm good. And it's like, well, you get paranoid on what you took, but you don't know if that's the amount, if it's the strain, if it's the method. And so you do have to kind of make yourself a little lab and 
try things, record them, see what works, try to make it repeatable. So there's definitely more, I don't even want to say there's more work to it because with prescription drugs, it can be the same thing. You know, your doctor prescribes what they think will work for you. But if you're too zombified, if you're not feeling it, if it has negative side effects, you're going to have to adjust those drugs. And those drugs take weeks sometimes to get in and out of your system and to build up. So with cannabis, the effects are much more immediate. Um, So I think there are more parallels between the prescription like world of mental health and the cannabis world of mental health. But the differences are largely misunderstood. And the differences are around the safety and efficacy of cannabis versus prescription drugs. So Mm -hmm. I just love that cannabis has come into my life to help me with my mental health, with building a community around people that are achieving the same goals and sharing and learning and the knowledge and just a safe place and space and plant to improve my life with. So I I highly encourage people to explore that um, because you can do so safely. Absolutely. I'm not going to let you, you're not getting away from your Walter White moment where you encouraged our listeners to build themselves a lab. Uh, That's a good, that's a good way to come (laughs) out of the gate. To be a lab. (laughs) To be the lab. Be the lab. Okay. All right. Now, (laughs) the, the landscape of, of cannabis and the cannabis community has altered, I'd say, significantly. Mm. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, since at least the inception of Alias Can, right? Uh, you'd have to agree with that. So with all the growth and all the progress that we're experiencing, I wanted to, to at least uh, wind down with, with asking you one question. I, I think It seems like these things are very popular now, probably from the last year that we lived through. Everyone likes to do their magic wand scenario. Mm-hmm. I give you a magic wand and you can, you can change one thing about cannabis in our culture. And let's not do... Uh, something like, um, you know, expungements and releasing people from prison. That, that's something that goes without saying. You don't need a magic wand. That needs to be dealt with right away. Yes. Um, uh, with federal prohibition when we get there. But you get a, a magic wand for being our guest today on Significant. You have a magic wand. What are you going to wave? And uh, You're going to wave and what are you going to change? I'm going to change access. <laughs> I want cannabis to be accessible to anybody who wants it or needs it and is safe to use it in the sense that like age appropriate. So the way that we can go to a liquor store and buy alcohol by just showing our ID, that's what I want for cannabis. Um, It should be in a corner store. It should be regulated certainly in terms of safety. And I'm not going to get into (laughs) that wasp's nest of what regulation should look like. So I'm just going to say access to it. It should be affordable. It should be available and it should be easy to get and come by. And I think that's the best thing that we can do is to normalize the use of it by increasing the accessibility of it. Well, you've done a great job helping us normalize it here today by telling your story. So thank you so much for uh, your candor and for being so open and sharing that story with our listeners. I think it it was just too appropriate. We had to start with you. You created Significant. So it was important that we do that. Uh, I want to make, go ahead. You have something else. I just think think it's important because when I first started using 
like smoking cannabis and, and using weed, it was shocking to a lot of people. They don't look at somebody like an entrepreneur or a workaday person and um, of a certain ilk and, and go like, oh, really? So that's what we're doing, this de-stigma, the destigmatization. It's like everybody can use it. It's for everybody. So yeah, just throwing that one, that one Damn in. Right. No, it's very well said. It's very well said. Um, well, look, again, thank you so much for, for, for being with us and for sharing your story today. We're going to keep telling stories. We're yes. going to keep sharing stories from people from different walks of life, people that are not like you, not like yes. us. Yes. Um, and that's what this community is all about. That's what Significant is all about. So if you have your own Significant story, uh, we want you to get in touch with us. We want you to tell your story. Please drop us a line. Take this down. Contact us. Info at aliascan.com. In the subject line, write significant. Again, significant has two ends in it. Um, and we want to hear from you. One of us will get in touch with you quickly. And we'd love to share your story on the next episode of Significant. Francesca, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nick. Have a great one. You too. See you guys. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. 99.9% .9 of our DNA is identical. It's a 0.1% that truly makes us different and unique. And that's what the show is about. Find out that 0.1% about your favorite guests. Find out what music they like their first cannabis experience, and even what their room looked like growing up. But more importantly, or as important, their journey. Learn what makes them unique on Everything is Personal.